So the new look Big 12 is coming to a stadium near you in 2023. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you, and it's even better to be with you with the news this week that Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are officially going to be joining the Big 12 come the 2023 football season. Yes, that got uh, confirmed on multiple reports this week. They have agreed on a buyout of 17 to 20 million bucks per team to leave the American Athletic Conference and come on over to the Big 12. Now, uh, remember, BYU was already set to join uh, the Big 12 in an announcement that came down a few months ago. So now the new look Big 12 is going to have BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF in it Come the 2023 football season, and here's the kicker, with Oklahoma and Texas, baby. You got a 14-team Big 12 for a couple of years. You've got the four newcomers. You got OU and Texas hanging around. This is absolutely wild. And this is going to be such a fun league. It is not going to be the best college football conference. I will totally admit that. Although I think it can be pretty darn good. I think it could certainly be after the SEC and the Big Ten, as it has been, I believe, the last couple of seasons, the third third best Power Five league in America. But gosh dang, the storylines with these four new teams in, uh, OU and Texas, the Blue Bloods on their way out, the storylines are going to write themselves. So I want to welcome you Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU fans to this show hopefully to our website as well at heartlandcollegesports.com. And, um, you know, our guy Brian Clinton brought this up to me. You probably have read a lot of his stuff on the site here. He's been with us for a few months now. But he brought up the idea to me, and I think it's a great idea, of taking this show and just uh, taking the website on the road to the four new Big 12 uh, stadiums and cities in 2023. Now, as I told him, I've got two kids three and under, all right? So it's never easy. But, you know, and and we really haven't gone on the road, by the way. We used to try to get to a game or two and do a game or two, do a tailgate or two with Heartland College Sports. We used to try that uh, pre-COVID. And then, obviously, 2020 season's a wash. Last season, you know, I had my second kid in uh, late spring, early summer. So it just, it made it difficult. And, you know, the site was bumping. Uh, We've done numbers, obviously, the last year because of you guys that we've never even imagined doing. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'm better off being home, monitoring the site. Uh, but I think in 2023, we've got to do some type of welcome party at each of the Big 12 sites, new Big 12 sites. I think that would be awesome. We want to welcome, you know, the UCF fans, the Cincinnati fans, the Houston fans, and the BYU fans uh, to Heartland College Sports. And that's something we are seriously going to look into. And by the way, just going to plug it, if you or your company – Want to sponsor an event like that? Sponsor tailgates like that? We'd love to have you. Just email me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll have a conversation about it because uh, we'll make you a great partner in something like that and make sure that everybody is taking care of each other in the right way. So uh, just something to note here going forward. And by the way, you know, might have to do a couple of tailgates this year as well. If you got recommendations for me on that, on games, on fan bases, also reach out. 
you know how to find us. I'm Pete Mundo on Twitter, Heartland College Sports, Twitter, Facebook, all over the place. Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com is the email as well. I, I would love to get back into the mix on that and have some fun doing that again and get to interact with you guys on a personal level at games. I would really, really enjoy that. So anyway, uh, we've got this news this week. It's great for the Big 12. I, I didn't want to see a situation where BYU was in, the other three were not, and then there was like, you know, an 11-team Big 12 conference for a year, and then there was a 14-team Big 12 conference for a year, and then it was back down the 12 teams in 2025 after OU and Texas left. I didn't want that to happen. I thought it would have been bad for the Big 12. This is clean. Four in, two stay for two seasons, two leave, you're down the 12. And the other important thing the Big 12 has to make sure it, it, it does here is divide the conferences in a way that splits up OU and Texas so that when they leave, you don't have to readjust the divisions. I also believe that to be important. However you want to do it, north, south, east, west, don't do something dumb like uh, what did the Big Ten do back in the day? Uh, legends and leaders. I mean, that was just the dopiest. No one knew what was what. All right, east, west, north, south, if you go in divisions. And if you don't want to go divisions, that's fine too. If the Big 12 does not want to go divisions, just mix up the scheduling every year in terms of who plays who, and then have a true you know 1 through 12 when the league loses Oklahoma and Texas, and then for your title game, have one versus two, I'm actually more in favor of that. You've actually heard other conferences talk about going the way the Big 12 has gone here as of late, which is no conference or no divisions and just straight one versus two in the conference championship game. The Big 12 started that trend, and I think a lot of other leagues, notably the Big 10, saying maybe that's the way to go. Because the Big 10, I mean, the Big 10 East is always stacked, and the Big 10 West stinks, and the Big 12 championship game ends up being garbage. Like, imagine instead of having the East-West, you've just got one through 14, one plays two every year. You could have Ohio State-Michigan in a Big Ten title game the week after they play each other at the Big House or at the Horseshoe or something like that. The ACC should be doing that, too. They've got that kind of disparity. The SEC, we know the West is always better. They should be doing that as well. Although the SEC is um, such a bunch of cowards. They do whatever's in the best interest of Alabama maintaining its spot atop college football under the guise of, oh, the SEC is so powerful. Yet they play eight conference games because, well, the SEC is so good. And then on top of that, uh, they would never get rid of East-West. They would never do one versus two because it does not benefit them for the propaganda that they have spent 25 years building. See what I'm saying? They would rather, instead of having Alabama play Georgia in an SEC title, or let's say Alabama play, let's think about this, uh, just for sake of conversation. Alabama playing, mm, pick a team, let's say A&M. If those are the top two teams in the league this year, they would not want them playing each other, all right, in an SEC title game. They wouldn't want that. They would rather them play a team out of the East, even though Georgia's been great and Georgia's clearly a powerhouse now under Kirby Smart. They'd rather take their chances on a weak SEC East than deal with one of their own foes in the SEC West. That's what they would prefer. 
because they worked hard to make sure the national media is kissing their butt nonstop. That's how this site came to be. That's how we became a powerhouse in the Big 12 because we actually pushed back and said, hey, sorry, SEC, don't get me wrong, especially with OU and Texas coming, you're going to be the best conference in college football. We get that. But for the better part of 10 years now, uh, the value of the SEC, yes, is very top-heavy, but it's not as incredible top-to-bottom as they make it out to be. It's just simply not. And we are one of the few places that have been willing to say that. Uh, So if the Big 12 wanted to just say, you know what we're going to do instead, uh, we are going to go 1 through 12 and mix up the schedules every year and then do 1 versus 2 in the conference title game, I'd be on board with that. I think the Big 12 should seriously look at that as a consideration. But if they don't, if they go east, west, or north, south, then split up Oklahoma and Texas. I know OU and Texas might complain about it, but, you know, you guys are leaving. So, And I think OU and Texas fans would understand this too. You guys are leaving. Your say here is just uh, (laughs) your opinion is appreciated, right? It's like I say to my three-year-old, appreciate your opinion, honey. But I'm in charge. All right? I'm the sheriff here. <laughs> Just saying. That's how it's got to go. Oh, gosh. All right. Now, other uh, items this week around the Big 12. Got to give Bob Stoops credit calling it like it is. All right? Bob Stoops calling it like it is. He was doing a drive-time radio in Oklahoma on the rush. And he was talking about... Uh, Ochoan Mathis, the former TCU defensive end, who chose Nebraska over Texas in the transfer portal, and apparently that was influenced heavily by a six-figure NIL package that Husker Boosters used to land the TCU transfer. So uh, Bob Stoops was doing his regular radio appearance on The Rush, and he said, quote, the bottom line, you know, be careful what you wish for. My opinion, we need a new leadership group. The NCAA and the way it's been has really failed overall. I don't know who goes by any rules anymore and how they enforce it. It just seems so ambiguous. Bob Stoops is absolutely right. And by the way, give him credit. He defended Oklahoma State. He said, look at Oklahoma State with their basketball program and what happened to them. How wrong, brutal, so wrong, so late, and insignificant to the people who actually did it. And then other teams, you know, nothing happens to them. I'm not pointing fingers. It happens in football, too, Stoops said. I've been very disillusioned for a long time on the NCAA, just through my football years and seeing how they enforce things or don't. Bob Stoops is right. The NCAA is a worthless organization. Cheating is rampant. The NIL is out of control. The portal is out of control. And the NCAA sat on its hands and did nothing about it like a bunch of cowards. They basically put their fingers in their ears like a little kid does, and they went, la, 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 I can't hear anything. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. That's what they did. And they were cowardly in the way they did it. They acted like this train that was barreling down the tracks was never going to hit them and was never going to show up. And they could not have been more wrong in that assessment. And Bob Stoops is right. You know, I think Bob Stoops in many ways saw the writing on the wall here and where things were trending. And he got out when he got out for a reason back in 2017. I think Jay Wright at Villanova 
did the same thing here in the last few weeks. He said, I don't like where this sport's going. I've got three Final Fours, four Final Fours, actually. I've got two national titles. I'm 61. I'm going to go enjoy life. I think there's a lot of similarities between, you know, Jay Wright and Bob Stoops from that perspective. Things are completely out of control. Completely out of control. And Bob Stoops is calling him out. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying, is Bob Stoops going to run for governor of Oklahoma? <laughs> Praising and, and giving credit and sympathizing with Oklahoma State? I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not predicting anything here. But, you know, when Bob Stoops is defending Oklahoma State, and he's right to, because even OU fans will admit that Oklahoma State got screwed on that uh, basketball deal. When Bob Stoops is defending Oklahoma State, you know the NCAA is, is absolutely useless worthless, picks and chooses winners and losers, and everything about it is wrong from that perspective. Pete Mundo with you, heartlandcollegesports.com. Hey, uh, we love our radio listeners. We're also, of course, on the podcast here. And if you're on the podcast, leave a rating and a review. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie exclusively in the mail. Got much more coming your way. Hang tight. More of the show next. HeartlandCollegeSports.com. So the 2022 NFL Draft in the books and the Big 12 did better than probably most people expected. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's always great to have you on board being a part of the show as we move forward here. So first off, the numbers. Now, the Big 12 didn't have a first-round pick for the second straight year. Not ideal. Now, the Big 12 did have two number one picks in a row and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. But still, I, I, you know, more number one picks is good for the league, no doubt about it. But uh, when you look at the final numbers, the 2022 draftees by conference, here's the breakdown. The SEC had 65 players drafted. The Big 10 had 48. The Big 12 and the Pac-12 each had 25. The ACC had 21. So those are the Power 5 conferences. Big 12 tied for third with the Pac-12 ahead of the ACC. And remember this, too. The Big 12 has fewer teams uh, than any of those leagues. Now, on a per-team basis, uh, they would still be lower than the SEC and the Big 10, but they would be higher than the Pac-12, who they're tied with at 25 total picks. After that, the AAC had 19, uh, Mountain West had 11, and on down there uh, from there to, you know, Independent, Big Sky, Conference USA, Missouri Valley, Mac, Sunbelt, list goes on, Big Sky. So overall, I thought the Big 12, you know, considering it was not a top-heavy year for the league in terms of individual talent. Now, football is more than an individual talent sport. We all know that. But still, considering I think the Big 12 had a better showing than a lot of people would have anticipated and expected. And then I want to share with you my top five steals from the Big 12 conference in the NFL draft. Remember, these are not the best players, all right? Brees Hall went in the second round to the the, uh, New York Jets. I think that's a great pick for the Jets. Brees Hall is the perfect guy to handle the bright lights in New York. He's not going to be caught up in the clubs and the nonsense and and Times Square and things like that. He's the perfect guy for New York. He's going to, you know, have his apartment or his home in New Jersey. He's going to go to work every day. Not going to be caught up in the Manhattan bright lights nonsense. And I think he's going to be a great fit 
for the New York Jets. So this is not the best players from the Big 12 drafted. These are the steals in the draft. So guys who I think are going to perform and maybe went lower than I thought they were worthy of going. All right, so here are my five, and then I'll go through all five individually. Nick Benito, second-round pick of the Denver Broncos out of Oklahoma, edge rusher. Charlie Kohler, fourth-round pick to the Baltimore Ravens, Iowa State tight end. Oklahoma defensive end Perrion Winfrey, fourth round to the Cleveland Browns. Terrell Bernard, Baylor linebacker, third round to the Buffalo Bills. And then Oklahoma State linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez, sixth round to the Detroit Lions. Uh, Let's go in order on this, and I'll explain why. So Nick Benito, uh, edge rusher for Denver. I mean, this guy is perfect for the AFC West. Chasing after Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, coming off the edge. Uh, This guy's going to make noise. And he's perfectly suited for that division. He's going to be needed in that division. And, you know, for a guy that has a four-year track record and has incredible talent, uh, I, I thought he was a steal as the last pick in the second round to the Denver Broncos. So Denver should be very happy with Nick Benito falling to them at uh, number 64. Charlie Kohler, Iowa State tight end. Uh, speaking of a guy who's built for the division, he is built for the AFC North. You get Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Like, Charlie Kohler is an AFC North guy. <laughs> First team all Big 12 selection three times. Uh, obviously, smart dude as well. A winner of last season's William Campbell Trophy. Academic Heisman. Uh, team him up with Mark Andrews, by the way, the former Oklahoma tight end. And you've got a heck of a one-two punch there if you're Lamar Jackson and uh, John Harbaugh. And I know Lamar Jackson's freaking out because Hollywood Brown left, but come on. I mean, you got Charlie Kohler, 6'6", 260. You got Mark Andrews on a new contract. That's a nice one-two at tight end. So, And I trust John Harbaugh. He knows what he's doing, man. Perrion Winfrey, first-round talent, fell to the Browns in the fourth round. I thought Perrion Winfrey would get a flyer in the late second, early third. Didn't happen on day two. Obviously, he's a first-round talent. But, uh, you know, the sample size a bit smaller. Uh, you've got maybe some of the character makeup question marks, and that allows him to fall to the fourth round. He'll be teamed up with Miles Garrett. That will help Perry on Winfrey. The focus will not be as much on him. And, uh, you know, um, let's just say if I was in the AFC North, if I was an offensive lineman in the AFC North, I'd be nervous about facing the Browns on that D-line based on the makeup of that team right now and the drafting of Perry on Winfrey and getting him in the fourth round of all places. Crazy. Terrell Bernard, third round, Buffalo Bills. So here's a guy who... Team captain, MVP of the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Yes, dealt with some injuries, but a very productive career. Considered undersized at linebacker, but great range, incredible effort. First team all Big 12 last season. Uh, Can do it all. Rangy, 12 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Dave Aranda loves the guy. And just from a character perspective, uh, that's the kind of guy that you want in your team. So when he falls to the third round and you get the character with quality play, I like Terrell Bernard as a Big 12 steal at number 89 to the Buffalo Bills. Then you get Malcolm Rodriguez, 
All right. The uh, Oklahoma State linebacker got hit by front offices because the former safety is a little bit undersized at six foot 230. But if you watch the Big 12, Rodriguez has great instincts, top end speed, strength, takes great angles. Sixth in the nation last year in solo tackles with 76, 15 for loss, forced fumbles. He's all over the place. And he was one of the heart and he was the heart and soul of this Oklahoma State defense last year. The leader voted team captain each of the past two seasons. Then he goes to the sixth round to the Lions. Like, you know, I'm less of an NFL guy. I do know this. The Lions don't do much right. The Lions nailed it. Nailed it with Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth round. Uh, he is going to be a productive NFL player, and he got passed over by a lot of teams a lot of times. There you go. Top five Big 12 steals of the draft. I'm Pete Mundo. If you can take out 30 seconds and leave me a rating and a review, I would so appreciate it. And that's why, unlike many podcasters who ask for ratings and reviews, I'm actually sending you a gift if you do that. And that is a free Heartland College Sports Koozie in the mail when you leave a rating and a review. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and um, I'll get you that koozie in the mail. So thank you guys for that. Once again, everyone asked for them, but I'm actually giving you something in return for literally 30 to 60 seconds of your time. That's how the show keeps growing. And, of course, you sharing it with friends and family. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Uh, We'll talk to you soon here on heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.